You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah chapter 16, as we continue uh, this Bible study, I want to warn you from the outset, I'm not going to dwell a lot on the negative tonight because this chapter has a lot of negative. Uh, Jeremiah is preaching to the people. They're getting ready to go into Babylonian captivity because they are backslidden, because they're away from God. But I want you to notice in verse number one, it says, the word of the Lord came also unto me saying, thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. For thus saith the Lord concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place and concerning their mothers that bear them and concerning their fathers that begat them in the land. They shall die of grievous deaths. God told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, I don't even want you to get married. I don't want you to have children because of what is coming for the people of Judah. It would be war. It would be death. It would be destruction. Verse number four, they shall die of grievous deaths. They shall not be lamented, neither shall they be buried. He says the people are going to be, uh, be, be dead. They're not even going to be buried. There's not going to be time to weep for them. Um, can I tell you, this is awful. This is terrible to think of uh, what's going on here for Judah. It's bad news, but I want to remind us tonight, it's always bad news when we get away from God. And it's always judgment that comes when we turn our back on God. And it does not just affect us. You may say, well, uh, I can make this decision and I can do what I want to. It's my life. It's my choice. It's, it's, it's for me to decide. And you, you, you may make that choice. But I want to tell you, your decisions do not just affect you. Your decisions affect your family, your friends. Your decisions affect your spouse and affect your children and affect your parents. And these people were going through, uh, would be going through some terrible times. Uh, we're living in a, in a time now, I've been so brokenhearted recently for some folks who've lost loved ones. In a couple cases where uh, they've lost loved ones and they could not even be in the nursing home where their loved one was passing away. I can't imagine that. And then, of course, the funerals are so different. Uh, There's no visitation. There is no uh, funeral in a church service. It's it's a burial. It's a graveside, and that's it. And uh, my heart is broken for people. I cannot imagine what it would have been like in Judah when the people were dying and there were not funerals and there was not even time to weep because of the, the war and destruction. Verse number five, For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them. For notice what God says, for I have taken away my peace from this people, saith the Lord, even loving kindness and mercies. God says, I have removed my peace from the land. I have removed my loving kindness. I have removed my mercy. That's a very scary thought to think that a nation could be in a place where God says, I'm removing all of those blessings. I'm removing all of those things from you. Verse number nine, the Bible says that, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days, the voice of mirth 
There'd be no, no more joy. There'd be no more singing. It says the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm very saddened for uh, some folks who were planning to get married and because of all of this, they've had to postpone some weddings. And uh, it's, very, it's very sad to think about that. But here in Judah, there were no weddings. There was no celebration. There was no gladness because of the judgment of God that was upon them. Notice verse 10. You say, well, what did they do? What was so bad? It says, it shall come to pass when thou shalt show this people all these words that they shall say unto thee. Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? They're asking the question, what have we done that is so bad that God would judge us like this? God answers and it's not the answer that you and I would expect. Maybe we would say there must have been a lot of murder. There must have been a lot of stealing. There must have been a lot of immorality. There must have been a, a lot of alcohol or a lot of drugs or maybe there was a lot of cursing or, or maybe there was some other sin like that, but that's not what the Bible says. God destroyed the earth in Genesis 6 with a flood because the imaginations were only evil continually. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the abomination of homosexuality that was rampant in Sodom. God destroyed Babylon in uh, uh, the book of Daniel because of their pride and because they defiled the holy things of God. But God is about to destroy his people, the nation of Judah, and their sin. You say, what was their sin? Notice, if you would, in verse number 11, then shalt thou say unto them, because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods and served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and have not kept my law. Verse 12 says, and ye have done worse than your fathers. God says the sin was that they forsook me. The sin was that they did not worship me. The sin was that God's people had turned their back upon him. Wow, verse number 12, he says, you've done worse than your fathers did. And behold, you walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart that they may not hearken unto me. Because they all did their own thing, they walked after their own heart, that caused them to turn away from God. That, that's why it's so important what you think about. That's why it's so important the thoughts that you have and what you meditate on and what you muse upon because that is going to determine whether or not you listen to and whether or not you obey the voice of God. Verse number 13, God says, I'll cast you out of this land. Verse number 13, he says, where I will not show you favor. Again, God says, I'm going to remove my blessing. I'm going to remove my favor from you. Verse number 16, God says, I'll send many fishers and, and they shall fish them and I'll send for hunters and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. And God says, you may run from the judgment, but I will find you. I, I, I was trying to remember today and I, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. But when I was a boy, there was a commercial 
I think it was for a, a Nerf gun or a super soaker or something. But I remember they showed this thing and these kids are out in the backyard having war. And they said, with this particular weapon, they said, you can run, but you can't hide. And can I tell you, that's funny and that's humorous and we say, ha ha. I want to remind you, you cannot hide from God. Uh, Kylie Joe is too. And Kylie is in the stage now where if she does something that she should not do, she thinks that all she has to do Lacey and Vanna, all she has to do, right? She just has to cover her face. And she thinks if she can't see us, that we can't see her. Well, I've got news for you. There are Christians today and there are people today who they think that just because they can't see God or just because they kind of cover something or just because they kind of uh, shuffle some things around, they think they're getting away with it. Friend, you're not getting away with it. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And God says in verse 18, I will recompense their iniquity. God says there is a payment for sin because of their um, uh, detestable and abominable things that they have done and they have defiled my land. Verse number 19, we'll get to in a moment. But I'd like to draw your attention back to verse number 14. We skipped over this verse and we did it on purpose because I'm amazed that in the midst of all this bad news, in the midst of all of this judgment, in the midst of all of this heartache and all of this terrible stuff going on, notice the promise that God gives. He says in verse 14, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, now, we're talking about how bad it is and how bad the judgment's going to be and how that they were uh, forsaking God and they did worse than their fathers. And God says, it is coming. There is coming a day, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Lord, would you speak to us as we take a few moments to look at these few verses. God, I pray that you'd burden us. I pray you'd challenge us. I pray that our spiritual eyes would be open. I pray that our hearts would be attentive. And God, I pray you'd help us not to miss these truths from Jeremiah 16. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Verse number 14, the Bible tells us that God reminds his people of a couple of events. One was a past event. The second was a future event. The past event that God reminded them of was the event when God brought his people out of Egypt. What a miracle that was. What an amazing event that was. God's people were in bondage and they were slaves and they had no hope. But God brought them out of Egypt. He put the plagues upon the Egyptians and the Passover and the Red Sea parted and the children of Israel crossed through on dry ground. And for all of these years, it had been said, remember what God did when he brought us out of Egypt. And by the way, there ought to be some moments in your life that you look back to and you say, remember what God did. First event ought to be your salvation. 
You ought never get over the day that you got saved. You ought to think about it often. Maybe you're having a hard time. Maybe you're having some struggles. You just ought to take some time and just say, I'm so thankful that God saved my soul. And if you're listening tonight and you're not saved, that is the event that must take place in your life or you have nothing good to look forward to. You don't have any hope. You don't have anything uh, in your future that is bright except for the fact that you know Christ and that gives you hope and that gives you joy to look forward to. But notice what it says in verse 14, the Lord liveth. The Lord liveth. Those three words you find all throughout Scripture. You find those words back in Deuteronomy. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles there to Deuteronomy chapter 5. And I want you to see where Moses records this phrase first. Now, keep in mind, Moses he saw, he witnessed, he experienced the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. He's the one that led the way. He's the one that God used. But Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I want you to notice in, um, oh, I got the wrong one. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 24. There it is. And he said, behold, the Lord our God hath showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. you imagine that? They said, we, we have heard the voice of God. Now, friend, I've never heard the voice of God audibly. But I'll tell you this, I've heard His voice many times in my heart. And I have the privilege to read His words every day of my life from the Word of God. You say, well, I've never heard God speak. Well, you're not listening because he's speaking to your heart and he's speaking to your life and God has something to say. And Moses said, we heard his voice and it says, we have seen this day that God doth talk with man and he liveth. Moses recorded in Deuteronomy chapter five, he said, I want to let everybody know here, God is alive. Then we get to 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel chapter 22, we find that phrase, the Lord liveth. Now turn with me if you would. I want you to see it. 2 Samuel 22. We also see the parallel passage in Psalm 18. But 2 Samuel 22. And notice with me verse number 47. The Bible says, the Lord liveth. And blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. Moses said it in Deuteronomy. He recorded it. Second Samuel, David puts it to music, and David says, I just want to sing, and I just want to praise, and I just want to tell you, the Lord liveth. He's alive. The God that we serve, He is alive. He is well. Moses said, He's alive. David said, He's alive. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 16, he is alive. I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter number one. Oh, I'm glad that none of these men had to say he was alive. He used to be alive. He might be alive. He may be alive in the future, but every one of these men recorded through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, I got good news for you. He's alive. We just celebrated on Sunday the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was dead. He gave his life on the cross. He was buried, but he came back to life. He conquered death, and he is alive, 
and he was alive, and he is alive, and he always will be alive. Notice Revelation chapter 1, verse number 18. Jesus spoke to John, who was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, and he says in verse number 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. Oh, now, I am he that liveth. That's present tense. He said, I was dead. And yes, he was. He was in that too. He was, he did die on that cross. I'm he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. You see, what makes Jesus so powerful is not just the fact that he rose from the dead, but when he rose from the dead, he arose to live forevermore. You see, he is eternal. Jesus has no beginning. He has no end. Uh, I have a birth date. I have a date when I was born. You have a date when you were born. And there will be a date when you die and I die unless Jesus comes back soon. But we can't say we've always been. But Jesus has always been. He's eternal. He's everlasting. He says, and I have the keys of hell and of death. Jeremiah encourages the people in Jeremiah 16. And he says, I want to remind you that God is alive. I want to remind you that God brought us out of Egypt. And I want to remind you of all the great things that God has done in the past. And I want to tell you that same God, he's still alive. That same God, he's still powerful. That same God that brought us out of Egypt is the same God. Now notice this, verse number 15. He's the same God that's going to bring us out of Babylon. Now, hang on. They weren't even in Babylon yet. This was prophesied that they would go into 70 years of captivity. But God already tells the people, he says, I want to let you know, when you go into captivity, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to forget about you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to shut you out. God says, I'm going to bring you out again, and I'm going to bring you back to your land. Notice verse number 15. But the Lord that liveth, that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. I want to ask you, God was known for bringing the children out of Egypt and God was known for bringing them out of Babylon and bringing them back to their land. But I wonder, what is God known for in your life? What do you talk about? What are the things that God has done that you tell people about? For the nation of Israel, they would tell people about how God brought them out of Egypt and they would say, God brought us back from Babylon. But what do you talk about? I hope you talk about your salvation. I hope you talk about answers to prayer. I hope you talk about miracles that God has done in your life. My wife and I, we shared a week or so ago, we shared a word of testimony about some things that God has done in our lives. And of course, it was abbreviated. But we, we shared in that video how that we had gotten married and we prayed for nine years that God would give us a baby. And that was our prayer. And we claimed Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Can I tell you what we talk about a lot? We talk about how God answered that prayer and gave us Lacey and Savannah. 
We talk about how God gave us Chloe and God gave us Kylie and God gave us Micah. And can I tell you, that's all because of God. That's nothing we did. It's not because we had uh, some great idea or because we had things figured out. It's because God did it. Can I tell you what God has done in our lives? We were praying. We were seeking God about what God would have us to do uh, about six and a half years ago, almost seven years ago. God led us to Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. I can't take credit for that. I don't think anybody can take credit for it except for God because he did it. And can I tell you, that was something that only God could do. I think about how God has blessed us here at our church with our staff. And I think about, as I've heard our assistant pastors preach these last three Sunday nights, Brother Nathan and Brother Dan and Brother Caleb, and that's the order God brought them here. And it's a miracle what God has done. Can I tell you, God did that. I think about not that long ago when we were up here on this platform with our deacons and we had the 30th anniversary celebration and we burned the mortgage to this property and we became debt-free to the glory of God. Can I tell you, only God could have done that. You saw the numbers. Uh, you saw the things in the bulletin every week and we were saying, God can, God can, God can. You know why we were saying God can? Because he was the only one that could. We sure couldn't, but God can. And God is able. And God can do it in your life. And God can do it in my life. And uh, we saw uh, recently God give us a radio station. We didn't know we were going to have a coronavirus. We didn't know we were going to have a, a stay-at-home order. We didn't know any of that. We didn't know we were going to have to have drive-in church. But God knew. And God did it. Can I tell you, we have seen God do some amazing things. And we have seen it in the past. But what about you? What about your marriage? God can't. What about with your children or what about with uh, your job or what about your ministry or what about your grandchildren? God is able because he is alive and he can bring us out and he can do what others think is impossible. I want you to notice verse number 15 again. It says in verse 15, the end of the verse, God says, and I will, that's a promise, I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like the promise that Jesus gave in John 14, where Jesus said, if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. You know, Jesus is coming back. Did you know that Jesus said he would come? Jesus said that he would deliver us from this world of sin. Jesus said that he would deliver us from the wrath to come. And if Jesus said it, you might as well just count on it because it is as good as done. Jesus is coming back. Would you notice with me verse number 19, Jeremiah, in the midst of all the turmoil, in the midst of all the problems, Jeremiah said, God is alive. He did it before. He can do it again. He's not forgotten us. In verse 19, Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. Jeremiah said, my hope is not in Jerusalem. My hope is not in the king. My hope is not in the government. My hope is not in the surrounding nations. My hope and my refuge is in God and him alone. He is my strength. And he says this, the Gentiles, it's interesting that kind of shifted gears here because the people of Judah had forsaken God. Jeremiah 
prophesies here and says, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies and vanity and things wherein is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself and they are no gods? He said, there's coming a day that these other nations are going to wake up and see the one true God. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Say, well, well, who are we talking about here? I'll tell you who we're talking about. We're talking about us. We're talking about those who, people who were not Jews, those who were not God's chosen people. The Bible says in the book of John that he came unto his own. He came unto the Jews. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But it goes on to say, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that's what that verse says. They will know and they will believe my name, the Lord. Can I tell you, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad that the gospel came to me. I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. I'm glad that he's my refuge. I'm glad that he's my fortress and he's my strength. And I'm glad that he is alive. And what he did in the past, those miracles, and those answers to prayer, he can do it again. And he brought us out of Egypt, a picture of salvation. He saved us. Oh, but there is another event that's coming that he's going to bring us out to. It's called the second coming. It's called the rapture. When the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.